Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey everyone, this is John Roca for Collider. Today's episode of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership for DC fans. Home of original series like Titans and Young Justice Outsiders, parts one and two. Their comic library includes over 20,000 titles from classics to recent releases and more complete storylines than ever before. Available on your favorite devices. Sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's July 24th, and this is Movie Talk. Today, we're talking about Jennifer Lawrence being in a new movie about the mob, and we're counting down our top three Quentin Tarantino movies in honor of the release of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, here on Collider Movie Talk. Yeah, that's the logo there. It's doing its thing. 
And there it is. Look at me and my pretty face. How you like that? My nice little polo here, breaking it out here on my Movie Talk. I am sitting in for the lovely Perry Nemiroff, who is off handling other business uh, around the world right now. Uh, but I uh, cannot do this show alone, obviously. So I brought along two of my favorite people in this sphere. That over there is Jeff Snyder. And next to him is the way better and beautiful Darina. How are you two? Oh, Snyder's beautiful, too. Yeah, I'm beautiful in my own way on the inside. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go inside Jeff Snyder. Let's not talk about that. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you, Darina? I'm good, but show. sad because yeah. one of my favorite actors of all time passed away today. Yeah, we, we, we'd be remiss not to start with that, and that is the unfortunate passing at 75 of Rutger Hauer. Uh, of course, many of us know him as Roy Batty in Blade Runner, but he was also fantastic in Nighthawks. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Batman Begins, any number of movies you can throw out there that Rutger Hauer really staked his claim as one of these underground favorites for those of us who are massive cinephiles. Uh, I want to go with you, Dorina. You're, my fe- you're a fellow Blade Runner lover. Tell me, what, what was his news like for you? Um, you know, he was obviously old. We're all going to go at some day. You just quoted, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Graf, <laughs> or Gaff from... Uh, uh, yeah. Edward James Olmos, yes. right? Like where his quote, where it's like, "Oh, too bad you won't. It's a too bad you won't live." But then again, who does, who right? Does, We're all right. gonna go. But um, you know, Ruth Rutger was. Uh, you named a, a lot of his good movies. Mm-hmm. He was also in Hobo with a Shotgun. He was amazing in The Hitcher. He was amazing. Yes, in Lady Hawk. You know, it's like his resume is incredible. But for me, Blade Runner is, a, is has a very special place in my heart because it's it's not only uh, my favorite movie, but it's he's part of my favorite moment in cinema history mm-hmm. like that mon- that monologue about existence and death is my favorite thing i've ever seen it always makes me cry the fact that he he was involved in rewriting that part of the script mm-hmm. and um you know there's a rumor that while they were filming that scene the the tears and rain scene uh the crew actually ended up crying while watching him perform that right yeah. and so i feel like that's what rutger uh, brought to all of his characters in his movies is his he he made uh all even the villains that he played and pathetic because Roy Batty you when you first meet him he is a villain but yeah. he's he's the soul of the movie because he you end up he ends up becoming the most uh the most humane character mm-hmm. you know he starts out as, as a villain and all he wants is to find his creator to extend his life yeah and or we to can, have the conversation of why i was created correct yeah. and and so we all you know can empathize with mm-hmm. that and the fact that at the end of the movie he you know doesn't killed Deckard and uh, and we see his humanity is 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 one of the most beautiful things I've seen in, in cinema obviously yep. with Vangelis' score but um, so yeah he, you know in Lothos sexiest vampire ever in Buffy the Vampire Slayer other than Chris Sarandon there so, you go. so thank you Rutger for everything absolutely Jeff any thoughts um, obviously his most uh, his defining role was was Roy Batty mm-hmm. but yeah I just like that he was a genre guy not just in, in Buffy and the Hitcher but things like Sin City yes I loved Hobo with a Shotgun that sort of gave us a little Rutger Hauer mm-hmm. resurgence uh, mm-hmm. over the past decade which which led to parts and yeah. uh, Batman Begins and whatnot um yeah, no, I, I just I think we're going to miss the guy. He was he was a really good, interesting actor. Certainly leaves a footprint in the entertainment industry. And hell, he, he never gave a bad performance. Even in cheesy films like Blind Fury, you still love it for Rutger Hauer and certainly Roy Batty. That's the one uh, at one of the most iconic speeches ever. Certainly probably in the top 10. And I, I know something about top 10 lists. All right, let's move on. There's no easy transition into the, our first story of the day here on Movie Talk. And that is Jennifer Lawrence. She has herself a new film here. This is she's 
taking this on. She's going back to familiar territory. The project is called Mob Girl, and it's based on the novel called Mob Girl by Teresa Carpenter. And this, we're getting this from Variety. It's based on the life of the mob wife turned police informant Arlene Brickman. The film follows Brickman, who grows up among racketeers on the Lower East Side of New York City, where she's drawn to the glamorous and flashy lifestyle of New York mobsters. I mean, who wouldn't be? Soon after, she begins dating wise guys and running errands for them before getting in on the action herself, eventually becoming a police informant and a major witness in the government's case against the Colombo crime family. Uh, you hear this news, uh, Darina, what's your thoughts? Are you excited? Does this excite you to see Jennifer doing something outside the X-Men franchise? Uh, sure. I mean, I usually get excited about movies, not so much uh, for the actors. I mean, an actor can excite me, but it's the, the people behind the cameras that excite me. And, and the writer, actually, the, the woman, uh, Angelina Burnett, that's, uh, I think, actually doing the screenplay. Yes, she is. She's adapting um, the book. She's a great writer. You know, she has Hannibal. She's written for Hannibal. She's written for the Americans. So, mm-hmm. so if you give an actor a good script and a good director, obviously the director you know, uh, young young Pope. I don't know if everybody likes it, but I think it's a decent show. Right. And so, uh, so if you if the if these actors have the tools from from the crew, they can do a good job. Clearly, she can. Yeah. Maybe you know, maybe she wasn't enjoying herself as much in the X Men movies. <laughs> that was very true. But uh, every other movie she's done, she's fantastic. So yeah, Paolo Sorrentino is the, Sorrentino, rather is the director you're referencing. Jeff, you hear this? Is this the you, you know you're good at talking about what moves uh, actors should or shouldn't do? Do you think this is a good next move for Jennifer? Another kind of smaller independent film, but still with kind of an attractive storyline to it. I, I think that this is a top-notch filmmaker, and, and you can't really go wrong when you're working with top-notch filmmakers. I mean, look at DiCaprio. Yeah. I, know, I know he's taken some heat for not working with female filmmakers in a while, but, um, you know, like, that that is how you deliver your best performance mm-hmm. by working with these people who can coax that out of you. And, and Sorrentino, I really like his stuff. I like that Sean Penn weirdo movie that he did, This Must Be the Place, right. and, and Il Devo. Um, I think this is the right point for Jennifer Lawrence to sort of do a movie uh, that, that's, you know, her, there's, there's a bit of crime to it. It kind of allows her to go back to her American Hustle character, mm-hmm. if you will, a little bit. I don't know. I feel like this has a little bit of Donnie Brasco uh, to it, too. Uh, okay. So if this could be Jennifer Lawrence's Donnie Brasco, I think it's a project well worth pursuing. It's got a vibe to Molly's game as well, doesn't it? She gets involved yeah. in that crime stakes and then has to end up kind of uh, turning states or possibly turning states to save herself in the situation. I, I like this as a choice by her because she's a rough and tumble actress and right. you love to see her kind of get parts that she can sink her teeth into. When you speak about the director, you speak about the writer, putting that combo together with something as gritty and driven as Jennifer Lawrence, it excites you. You know, for a while she was getting a little pushback from people because she was playing these roles that she was maybe a bit too young to play. That was the pushback. But she was winning Oscars for she was being nominated for this stuff so certainly people appreciate her talent the right people appreciate mm-hmm. her talent here's another possible move for her Red Sparrow didn't really you know turn out as well as they would hoped I, I imagine but this could be something that could be a bit of an underground hit going back to that Winter's Bone kind of vibe more right. of an independent approach yeah I mean and I mean as at her young age she's clearly showed us that she has those dramatic chops like yeah. whatever you, even if she is too young for to play other roles she, she definitely has the emotional depth to play these characters yeah what do you think I, I happen to love Red Sparrow, so I will okay. defend her on that front. And, and, and it's and I'm not, not bashing. I'm saying financially didn't make. Mother, it I couldn't stand, but Aronofsky's a filmmaker I love. So it's it, actually working, mother. 
Mother. Mother. Uh, so it's like, you know, working with a great filmmaker doesn't necessarily guarantee a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what to expect from this new A24 movie that she's doing with uh, Lila Nujbauer. Nub- Nub- yep. uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But she's like a, a first-time feature director, I understand. But that project sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer Lawrence is going to be playing like a soldier with PTSD, that kind of thing. Um, so, I, again, I, I like the path that she's going down, having put the X-Men franchise in the rear window. Uh, and I think that... You know, I think we've st- she's still we haven't seen the best from this actress yet. Yeah, you know, there's a piece of me that feels a bit heartbroken that she wasn't the one that ended up in Captain Marvel. I would have loved to have seen her version. Nothing, yeah. nothing against Brie Larson. I would have loved to have seen Jennifer Lawrence's version of Captain Marvel. We certainly got shades of Black Widow in Red Sparrow, of course, but seeing her step into something, I would have. I, I wonder what what more uh, energy and gravitas she would have brought to a role like that as an actress like she is. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and again, I mean, I, I was kind of poking fun earlier of her about her as mystique but because i get it look i'm sure those movies pay actors a lot but they also have to do a lot whether it's sitting for hours in a makeup chair Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 a different type of uh direction when these actors do these big budget movies so i'm sure uh it's exciting for them to be able to do movies like this do you think we'll see her in a franchise movie again or do you think this is i'm sure she's young i'm sure at some point yeah i don't know uh, as far as like what comic book parts there are out there um Mm -hmm. but i suppose marvel will be looking for sue storm relatively soon that's a good one I mean, I'm, all, I'm really looking forward to Jennifer Lawrence Damn. to seeing her uh, her take on Elizabeth Holmes, the Theranos oh, yeah. founder in Bad Blood, if that Adam McKay project ever comes together. I right. know Kate McKinnon is doing, like, a Hulu series. Like, there may be, like, too much Elizabeth Holmes by when all is said and done, uh, but that would be a very interesting turn for someone like Jennifer Lawrence to She could to totally tackle. do that. It's a fantastic Definitely. HBO documentary yeah. as well. If you haven't seen that, all Elizabeth Holmes. I forget what it's called offhand, but it's a fantastic doc, uh, certainly. All right, well, we'll see. Uh, certainly, Jennifer Lawrence rarely picks bad projects so this could be something uh, that lets her uh, really kind of show us uh, again what she can do and remind us really what she can do we'll see what happens there Um hey jordan harbinger here subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds after presenting more than a thousand interviews i couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the jordan harbinger show we've got spies and ceos athletes and authors from kobe bryant to malcolm gladwell tony hawk and howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, conmen, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20.
Hey everyone, this is John Roca. Today's episode of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership for DC fans. You know who you are. You can watch, read, shop, and even connect with other fans. Hey, what's more fun than talking with other fans about DC properties that you love and enjoy and maybe want to fix in your own way? They're also home to the original DC series like Titans, Doom Patrol, and Young Justice Outsiders Parts 1 and 2. You know, you a lot of people were hassling Greg Weissman to Bring Young Justice Outsiders back, and sure enough, he did that, and now enjoy the fruits of their labor. Their comic library on DC Universe as well now includes over 20,000 titles, from classics to recent releases and more complete storylines than ever before. We're talking The Man of Steel, Harley Quinn 2016, and Batman number 50. Watch new animated titles like Justice League versus The Fatal Five and Batman Hush. Coming soon, along with classic movies like Superman and Superman 2. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices. Sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. That's dcuniverse.com slash join. Next up on the show, we're going to be counting down our top three Quentin Tarantino films in honor of the release of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But before we dive into that, we got a couple of plugs to do, uh, and that is our Comic-Con interviews are up on Collider.com. Uh, Darina was down there as well doing a bunch of stuff with us at Collider, a bunch of people involved in that team uh, doing yeah, some if, stuff. We got you, Darina's reaction, right? If you guys want to see my super embarrassing, way nerdy reaction to the It Chapter 2 event, uh, you guys can find that on Collider Video. <laughs> that was one of, uh, I really enjoyed watching that on Twitter and <laughs> So you can find all the interviews we've got we've gotten from Collider, uh, from down there in Hall uh, Comic Con, rather Hall H and what have you. All those interviews we did, they're all up now on Collider.com. So go and find those. Also, you can watch me taking a karate lesson from Mike Moe, almost getting my face kicked off by the actor who plays Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That video is up as well, and I do an interview with Mike. We sit down and talk about how he came how he came to play Bruce Lee, how Bruce Lee influences his life, and what he wanted to bring to that character on screen working with Quentin Tarantino all of that in a fun interview and he gives us a, a nice demonstration of his martial arts skills kicks a f- spoon out of my mouth with a roundhouse kick trust me you don't want to miss this alright uh, let's move on to our next uh, story speaking of Quentin Tarantino uh, you know Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is being released tomorrow night uh, it is going to be out for everyone to take a look at Jeff and I did our non-spoiler review which you can find on Collider as well uh, and this is a film that has a lot of people with waiting with bated breath to see what we've got here. Uh, Darina hasn't seen it yet, so we're not going to spoil anything. seeing it tomorrow. You're no, seeing it tomorrow? No spoilers. Right on. No spoilers. But uh, we want to rank our top three Quentin Tarantino films in honor of that. So I'm going to go three, 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 two, 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 one, 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 and we're going to talk about them as much as we can over the next few minutes. All right, Darina, what is your number three Quentin Tarantino So my film? first two were actually really uh, easy, but I, I, mm. I was having a really hard time, and I'm kind of cheating, but it's a tie between Death Proof and Jackie Brown. Wow. Um, two, two distinctly different films. I know, films. but I couldn't pick the third one because, okay. I mean, they're both very different, but but it was hard to not have it in my top four, I guess. Okay. Uh, because I think, uh, I mean, what he did with Jackie Brown was basically uh, what he did with Bruce Willis and John Travolta, you know, in Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, I, I think that it's one of his most underrated movies. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, you know, it gets a little cheesy with the with the rom- romantic plot, mm-hmm. which I don't care for as much. Other people might. But I think it's great. And then Death Proof is, like, the coolest, like, girl power movie ever. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, other than, you know, Kill Bill. Well, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. So. What's your number three, I, I feel like I, I'm not surprised that you love Death Proof as much as you do. I mean, I, I'm a big fan, too. But it, it's like the 
closest to a horror movie that mm-hmm. I think he's mm-hmm. made. Yes. Uh, and I know you're a big fan. Yeah, uh, and Kurt Russell's freaking awesome. Yeah, yes, even, even that he's I mean, horrible, but like his character's horrible, but yeah. he's so good. Um, oh, man, Mike. My number three was Reservoir Dogs. Is what? Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. Number three? Yeah. Okay. I love Second I love Reservoir Dogs. I think it operates like a, a Swiss watch. Yep. Uh, it, every All the parts just come together perfectly. I love the cast. Uh, I know it's sort of, you know, based on the, it was a Ringo Lamb movie, yeah, right? Ringo Lamb, yeah. Um, but, uh, Streets of Fire. I, I just, God, that was such a breath of fresh air when I saw that in middle school and I was like, who is this filmmaker? Um, I, I just, I love everything about it. Yeah. I was slapping Jeff around in middle school. I'm older than him, so we were beating him. <laughs> uh, my number three, uh, it was really tough to uh, pick out, but my number three, I know this is going to piss some people off, is Pulp Fiction. That's my Whoa. number three film. Uh, for whatever reason, it's not a film that I always run back to and watch over and over again. I appreciate all the vignettes and the way Tarantino seamlessly weaves them into each other and creates this world here in L.A. And certainly moving here and then stay, you know, living here for a little bit and then watching the movie again, it's fascinating to see how much uh, uh, richer the movie is because you've experienced these places that he puts in the film. But for me, there are a couple other films that I just love a little bit more than Pulp Fiction for whatever reason. Wow. Uh, Dorina, what's your number two? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, nice I choice. I love that movie so much. I remember seeing it in the theater for the first time, just enjoying the hell out of it the entire time. Uh, the cast is incredible. Mm-hmm. The, the concept, I, I love uh, movies like this where they take a concept like this and then make it a fantasy mm-hmm. and completely change and rewrite history because that's what movies are, are, are for. Sure. And, um, Based and, on a true story. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a very enjoyable uh, movie about a horrible time, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's hard to pull off. And obviously, you know, breakout role from Christoph Waltz. It's, a, it's the first time I ever saw him. Sure. And he was incredible in it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, killing Nazis, man. I love saying that. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of like that, that, that he had looked at Leonardo DiCaprio for the Hans Landa role? I could not picture that. Well, I, I saw him do a great job with Snatch and that weird accent from those, oh, that Pikey accent, Brad Pitt. But DiCaprio, yeah, like what would he have gotten out of DiCaprio? Would have been interesting to see if he could have gotten a, a cool accent from DiCaprio to match what Pitt was able to do I mean, in he, Snatch. He, I know DiCaprio was great as Calvin Candy and Django. I just don't he know was. if I could have seen him as the Jew hunter. Brad was really funny trying to speak Italian. Yes, so. of course. Yes, yeah. he was. Um, my number two is Jackie Brown. Okay. I uh, I think Jackie Brown is fantastic. I agree with you that it is underrated. It's just underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's the deepest of Quentin's films. Maybe that's because it's based on an Elmore Leonard novel. Mm-hmm. I think she is the most fully fleshed out character mm-hmm. uh, in in any Tarantino movie. Like I, I understand this woman's wants and desires and her regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the the romance. Like it's almost like one of the only real romances that we've seen in a Tarantino right. movie uh, with Max Cherry and Jackie Brown. I, I love Ray Nicolette, Michael Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Tucker's fantastic, and then of course Sam Jackson's Ordell Roby. They, like they just took that to the next level. Yeah, I, I will throw in the fact that Bridget Fonda was maybe never better oh. than she was yeah. in that film. And her and a really interesting De Niro, uh, right? De Niro performance yes. as well. Someone who is way more vulnerable than he, than he usually plays mm-hmm. at a time when he didn't have to play a role like this. What an incredible uh, influence Tarantino must have had on De Niro to be like, I want you to play this part. If we didn't accept to do that was fantastic as well. I don't revere it as much as you guys do. I think I don't run back to it as often because I think it is also one of those very incredibly unique Tarantino films mm-hmm. that is kind of take on the black exploitation stuff, obviously, but also it's based on another uh, uh, property, and that to me make, it limits me a little bit in appreciating as much. When's the last time you saw it? 
uh, a year ago? I would really oh, okay. TCM? So that's relatively I think it was on recent. TCM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I was going to say it's if a good been... film. You can't deny that. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, no bashing on my end. Fight. Uh, yeah. Fight. Right. Exactly. <laughs> fight. Fight. My number two is Reservoir Dogs. Uh, okay. That film absolutely changed my life at a at a formative time in my 20s when i went to see that film i had no idea what i was walking into mm. and for whatever reason i didn't know movies could do that and uh i was so blown away by it that i started having when it came out on vhs and i bought it for like 95 dollars uh i remember having friends over to to, to watch the film with me mm-hmm. like i wanted to turn everyone into a fan of this film i'd have people over at my apartment way back when in virginia five six people who i'd work with with or friends I knew come over on a Saturday night, order the pizza and watch the movie. And no one uh, that I knew walked away from that movie thinking they didn't enjoy it or love it. Right. And I think there's, some, there's so much about the dialogue. There's so much about the hunger of a young filmmaker. And it's, it's, a sh- it's a short film. It's not a long film. Yet these incredible scenes and incredible writing within those scenes just can't be beat, in my opinion, uh, until we get to the my way, number The one. way he so, utilizes that space, yeah. I think, is really impressive. Yes. And, of course, the soundtrack. There's just so many iconic moments. And, and the way that he established his own visual language, yeah. mm-hmm. like the trunk shots and mm-hmm. stuff, like that all started with dogs, right? Yeah. And the quotable lines, right? Where's the podness dungeon? I got to take a squirt. I just, well, you know, all those <laughs> kinds of things that come out of nowhere that are yeah. natural and how men speak. I right. really love that. Well, but, and, the, and the performance, like you said, I mean, that's mm. the thing about Tarantino, right? That he will get some incredible performances oh, yeah. from from an incredible cast. Absolutely. So. All right, Julia, what's your number one? So it's not Pulp Fiction. People are pissed that probably that it's not in my top three at all. Oh. I think it's a great movie. It's just not one of my favorites. It's not in your top four, frankly. No, it's not. It's not. It's like maybe top five. Sorry, guys. Uh, but it's Kill Bill, volume one. Right. It's, uh, it, okay. uh, that's easy for me. It's uh, it's a movie that is very rewatchable to me. Uh, it's it's a movie that's aesthetically beautiful. Uh, the soundtrack is incredible. Like all those action sequences, like the scene where she's she's fighting, uh, I forget the girl's name in the school girl uh, uniform yeah, 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 yeah. With, with the with the ball. Hello, Yubari? Yeah. Thank you, yes. And, uh, you know, the, the it's it's such a cool revenge movie about you know where we see uh this this uh character uma really overcome you know so many obstacles and it's actually really it's 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 uh it's tragic and it's violent but it's actually also inspiring Mm -hmm. right and uh, because she does survive at the end spoilers uh but uh (laughs) yeah and and there's also a bunch of cool chicks fighting and that's great so i love it how about you i I love kill bill volume one as Mm -hmm. well man it's it's tough to not include that on my list but number one is of course pulp fiction oh Uh, i just don't you know they just don't make them like that anymore they didn't make them like that before it just blew my mind uh, when I was a kid, and I think it's you know the real reason why so many people in this town and even in this building right now mm-hmm. are living in Los Angeles because they saw Pulp Fiction and it just made them want to tell stories. Yeah. And, and there are you know several stories in Pulp Fiction that are that are fantastic. Uh, the the ensemble uh, that that he put together is crazy impressive, and, and what he was able to to do with like John Travolta, like bringing mm-hmm. him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that Tarantino you know cares about resurrection directing people's careers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack is iconic, the surf music, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, I love the non-linear storytelling. It's it's a masterpiece. You could certainly argue it's the best soundtrack of all the Tarantino movies. You could argue that. Reservoir is a pretty great soundtrack as well. Kill Bill Volume 1 is really Pulp Fiction is not my favorite, actually. Oh, is it? What is it? I, and Bastards may be my favorite soundtrack. Because oh, really like, you got is... any more iconic okay. in that yeah. one, too. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. Uh, I am the other Latino on this panel, so I will agree with my Latina friend, and that is Kill Bill Volume... No, yeah. Kill Bill the 
whole bloody affair. I am one of those controversial wow. people who believes that both those movies are one movie. <laughs> Weinstein made him cut it out, cut it into two pieces. It's one movie. You can absolutely watch the whole thing from beginning to end. Both movies back to back, and it seamlessly works. It's fantastic. I've gone to see it at the New Beverly a number of times when they've made him one movie, and it is a fantastic film. It's an awesome revenge story. Mm-hmm. Samurai swords. Mm-hmm. You got Sonny Chiba. You got Uma Thurman kicking some crazy ass. Vivica A. Fox was never better than she was yeah. in this movie. So many. Michael Madsen is incredible. Mm-hmm. Daryl Hannah, Splash yes. the Mermaid, is kicking ass in this that movie. That animated sequence. Oh, the I animated love. sequence. Oh, Orin Ishii from Lucy Liu. Absolutely. All of it just works so seamlessly. And I love it to pieces. And I love everything about it. And I think it's his most strongest statement about his love of 70s films mm-hmm. through, uh, through so many different genres that he throws in. There's so many styles of 70s films that he throws in there that I think it works so well. So that's, that's my number one uh, overall. What, what is your favorite kill in Kill Bill? Is there... Ooh. Man, I mean, I, I think I probably... Well, not, not the kill, fi- of the five people. Oh, it's of the five with Daryl Hannah. Oh, really? Snatching out of the That's eye and her yeah. like, That's like really she's almost imitating um, what's her, her, her character, fr- Pris, from right. Blade Runner, because she's just like flopping around yeah. on the ground without the eye. It says that the black mamba, like the, the snake thing, I, I, yeah. I don't like snakes. I'm like Indiana Juana. And so it just, it's really, it, I, it's, it's, it's a good Hannah. one, but it's hard to watch. Yep. But I love the, the fight between her and Oren Ishii. Is, oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's just, I mean, in the snow, it's a beautiful looking action sequence. It's a noble fight. We've got yes. all different ones because I'm going to go Vivica A. Fox. Oh, I think the yeah. green fight at the, the beginning knife. is. It's amazing. Yeah, with the yeah. cereal. I love, and, uh-huh. I love that. And the, but, and the little girl who comes in, of course, and sees her. Which like may be volume four. Yeah, that's true. There you or go. Hopefully. Three. Hey, everyone. This is John Roca. This episode of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe. That's right. DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership for DC fans. You know who you are. Join now to catch up on part one of the original series, Young Justice Outsiders, and then stream new episodes of part two dropping every week in July and August. You know, Greg Weissman was so great to bring that series back because of the fans wanting to see what happens with these characters, and they've created something massively awesome. Continue watching DC's most iconic young superheroes and other brand new characters discover their unique meta powers and special abilities while they face the new threat of meta trafficking and an intergalactic arms race for control of these superpowered youths. Did you say youths? Yeah. Enjoy Young Justice Outsiders as well as other DC original series like Titans and Doom Patrol along with over 20,000 comics, animated films, and classic DC movies. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices. Sign up now at DC DCUniverse.com slash join. That's DCUniverse.com slash join. All right, let's answer some questions here from the fans. You guys have been great sending these things in. Let's start with the James Ebersole Jr. movie podcast. That's James Ebersole Jr. movie podcast. If you could live in a Quentin Tarantino movie world, which one would you pick? Man, that's hard because they all seem horrible. (laughs) 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 They all seem, it's like, what's the, what's the, what's the prettiest story? Uh, well, I, I would be yeah. one of the bastards. I'd, I'd try to be one of the inglorious yeah. bastards. I'd like to be on that crew and kill a Nazis, as uh, you I, said. I think I will go with the new movie. I yeah. think I would love to oh, have yeah, lived that's a good point. in late that's 60s, okay. maybe early 70s Hollywood. Uh, that would have been a lot of fun. Okay. Damn. A- okay, I guess I, I, I want to be a martial artist. I would, I'm going to pick Kill Bill. There All you right. go. You'd be in the world of Kill Bill. Yeah. You'd be one of those people. Yeah, right, right. I would like Part to. Part of the Viper Squad? I would like to train. What and- would be, wait, what would be your, your nickname? And I just said it in the Onajuana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. I missed it. <laughs> Get on it, man. Uh, all right. Uh, Luis Enrique de la Pena asks, what's your favorite Rutger Hauer film or role? 
I mean, obviously Blade Runner, but I, okay. I would say other than that, I, I mean, as much as I love, I love him in Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh, yeah. I just think what he did in Buffy is so cool because uh, other than, again, Roy Batty as Blade Runner, in, in Blade Runner, uh, because he... It's a sort of horror comedy movie, and mm-hmm. I think he did a really good job of remaining funny as the main villain, but then also being scary. Yeah. Right? Because when I was a kid, I was scared of him, and but I also loved watching him, okay. and I was also a little turned on. So All there right. you go. I'll do a quick plug for surviving the game, because I think he's great in that, but I, my answer is <laughs> the hitcher. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I think okay. So. All right. I respect all your answers, but my answer besides Roy Batty, because that is the answer, yeah. uh, is uh, his character in Nighthawks. I absolutely loved him in Nighthawks. He is such a great villain, and the twist at the end of Nighthawks is fantastic. Billy D and Sylvester Stallone in the 70s chasing down Rucker Arrow, who's a terrorist. It is fantastic. So uh, I would say he's great uh, in that as well. All right. Let's wrap it up there. We're at the 25-minute mark. Thank you. Everyone for watching Collider Movie Talk today. I want to thank Jeff Snyder. I want to thank Dorina for stopping by. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking with you all. And yeah, go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. When it comes out tomorrow night. Uh, again, our non-spoiler review is up there on Collider. Should we do a spoiler review, John? I would love to do a spoiler review. We'll have to figure that out with Dennis and figure out where we can go from there. All right. Thanks, Dennis Smith in the booth and Dorian Parks. You've been sending me a bunch of questions from you all. We'll see you tomorrow for another episode of Collider Movie Talk, 3 p.m. PT. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20.